I imagine by now that most listeners of this podcast have heard of the tragic fate of the crypto trading platform FTX. I'll be honest in that I paid no attention to this Oz of an individual as he was making his rounds on business magazine covers and corporate self-help events, and have only come to be fascinated by his remarkable failure after the fact. For those who have not heard the story, the gist of it is this. A young, brash, and in hindsight rather extraordinarily foolish man convinces a range of folks we imagine otherwise to be intelligent individuals that he, broadly without any evidence of such capability, has the power to conjure profit from thin air in perpetuity. The full story is a good bit more complicated than that, but the upshot of all that complication is that, like so many stories from the crypto world, because they all contain some amount of conjuring profit from thin air and perpetuity, the story of this particular disaster seemed written from the beginning. And the tale is set in motion by a character, Sam Bankman-Fried. He's also known by his initials, and he's one fascinatingly, and in so many ways for this to have worked necessarily, obtuse to your classic image of a finance guy. Crazy head of hair, schlumpily dressed, shorts and tenor shoes were often a thing. And wide-eye with awe at his own capacity to change the world. That he did, of course, but not in the way that he had imagined. As I write this, I'm sort of listening to a live interview with SBF the New York Times is hosting. I'll admit, one can be drawn into his head-down, outwardly earnest admission of guilt and seemingly honest accounting of his oversights, shockingly naive as they were. And that's the bit I find most interesting about this story. Not the downfall, don't get me wrong. It's pretty dramatic, even by Wall Street standards, managing as it does to combine many of the most sinister schemes and too-much-risk disasters of the past two decades. Start first with a bit of storytelling and promise-making from the likes of Bernie Madoff, layer in Enron-like convoluted organizational constructs and phantom accounting, then wrap that package with the circular risk references that led to the demise of Lehman Brothers and Bear Stearns, and you have SBF's now vaporized empire. Maybe it's not the downfall itself that's so crazy. I mostly wonder why and how it took so long to occur, though I think I have a good sense of the reasons. Despite his denials otherwise, we're quickly learning that SBF was loosely in charge of two entities. One was an exchange that enabled folks to trade cryptocurrencies, and the other was bent on manufacturing trading profit from risky crypto market bets. Despite repeated attestations otherwise, those two entities were grossly intertwined, and funds flowed freely, unmonitored, between them. Those flows, in combination with a seemingly total lack of an even minimal accounting practice, presented the unavoidable temptation to paper over losses from one side by the other. Ultimately, the firm's deaths can be attributed to their astonishingly complete inability to determine true levels of value and risk. The whole of the basis for what should have been read by most as an incredulous tale amounted to no more than a cloud of glitter that took only a mild wind to disperse to nothing. Perhaps the greatest irony of the Sam Bankman-Fried debacle is that the avoidance of this sort of catastrophe is among the core tenets of the crypto promise. See, crypto is meant to change the world by fixing all the things wrong with macroeconomic, financial, and even some political structures. Even better, crypto promoters regularly have suggested that the crypto world by design would avoid all the mistakes the financial world has made in the past, all while managing to solve many problems classic financial systems cannot. Again, so ironically, SBF's world came to look just like the one he sought to displace. He failed despite the fancy costume he and his companies wore, because after all, those were just costumes. SPF is really either just a fraudster or a fool or some combination of both, and his companies were designed in the same old molds as the world we already know. 
Cosplay is short for costume play, and with fear of offending the many who take cosplay far more seriously than the average crypto bro, cosplay basically amounts to dressing up as a favorite character. These characters tend to be imaginary in most ways, minimally from the time and world from which they come, as in your average human Star Wars character, to the truly fantastical. These costumes often reflect the amazing creativity and capabilities of their builders and honor the stories of the characters they represent. SBF, on the other hand, wore his grand costume to commit a fraud. He presented a cosplay of investing so far from prudent practice, it strains the mind to see how so many folks had so often been fooled. But then again, it's a very pretty costume, and there have been and remain many like him. The crypto world seems to welcome such regalia. What's missed in all that promotion, but generally there for all to see, is the fact that the crypto promise is one of the notion of value, not actual value. And the promise of future gain requires that more and more folks are fooled into believing in that basic, rather untenable notion. More than a bit telling during that New York Times interview with SBF came just a few minutes prior to the host's closing out of the show. A question asked right after SBF's video feed went blank, a metaphor in its own right, was regarding board oversight of his companies. SBF's response mounted to something like, well, maybe there were too many boards with oversight? That maybe there was nobody specifically responsible for risk management? That the responsibility was a little too diffuse? That's, of course, a farcical reply in every way. Boards with oversight aren't allowed to pass those bucks. To be fair, if one only listened to most of the words SBF used to describe his organization, you might be forgiven for believing them. But you shouldn't be forgiven for not asking the obvious follow-on questions. Imagining now many wish they would have. Some of the most basic questions one could have asked, such as, might you be able to show me a statement of aggregate client asset flows and trading activities may not have had suitable answers. And as we have learned through the bankruptcy process so far, such records definitely do not presently exist and may never have. I imagine such straightforward questions a good bit earlier on might have averted such terrible loss for so many. It would seem, however, that folks were too mesmerized by the costumes to ask. Importantly, this podcast is not presented as an investment recommendation. This is not a solicitation to invest in any investment product of Signature Resources Capital Management. Opinions expressed are subject to change without notice and are not intended as investment advice or to predict future performance. The approach described may not be right for everyone. No one listening to this podcast should take our comments as advice specific to or appropriate for their individual situations. Individual circumstances should be taken into consideration when determining a suitable investment approach. All investing carries risk, including the potential loss of principal. As with any analysis of economic and market data, it is important to remember that past performance is no guarantee of future results.